0: Well, you um, know, we are uh, following this this thread um, that that runs through all throughout the Scripture um, in our series called Storyline, and it's this thread that points us to Jesus and His gospel uh, from beginning to end, from um, and from Genesis to Revelation. And what we have seen thus far, I mean, if, if we had to wrap up the last, you know, six or seven weeks into one statement, I, I think what, what we've seen over and over and over is that salvation comes not through might or human goodness, but through God's relentless grace. That salvation doesn't come through through our own efforts. Salvation doesn't come through through our own behavior. It doesn't come through our, our, own, our own performance, but it comes through the relentless the, the relentless pursuit of God's grace in our lives. And uh, so today we are introduced to this guy named Jacob. Okay, and uh, Jacob is uh, man. He's a, he 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 is one of the biggest failures. Uh, he, he has the biggest struggles. He has the biggest doubts than anybody. And I know when I say that, some of us are thinking, hey, I like this guy already, you know? I mean, he sounds like my kind of guy. Sounds like finally a guy I can relate to. Well, I think he's something that we can all relate to. In fact, uh, his, his whole name, his name, Jacob, means a betrayer or a liar, okay? And so as we're gonna see today, he definitely lives up to his namesake. And so let's just get right into it. Let me give us three things that the scripture is gonna show us today and then we'll unpack them as we go along. Um, but today we see what is what is a blessing, okay? Uh, we don't really have a great concept of that word, but we're gonna talk about it today. Uh, well, you know what, what is a blessing? How do we try uh, to get the blessing? How do we, How do you and I try to get the blessing? And then how do we truly get the blessing? So what is a blessing? How do you and I try to get the blessing? And then and then what is the way that you and I truly get the blessing in our lives? So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 27 this morning. Uh, Genesis chapter 27. If you didn't bring your Bibles, we're going to put it up on the screen for you. But Genesis chapter 27 this morning. And uh, let me just give us a little backdrop to our story, okay? So the first 11 chapters of Genesis pretty much is the story of um, humanity spiraling down into more and more deeper and deeper evil. Okay. And then in Genesis chapter 12, God comes along and calls uh, Abraham, that God's grace is placed on Abraham. And Abraham, uh, he was a nobody. He was a moon, you know, a moon worshiper. He was worshiping a false God. Uh, Abraham didn't find God. Okay. God found. Abraham God pursued Abraham God put his grace on Abraham God chose Abraham and uh, God makes Abraham some pretty significant promises he says to Abraham I'm going to make you into uh, I'm going to make your name great okay Uh, and another promise was I'm going to turn you into a great nation and that was a pretty uh, out there promise because Abraham and his wife Sarah they were old in age and they didn't have any kids Uh, And another promise that God made was that uh, he was going to bless the whole world through Abraham. In other words, Abraham's line, family line, would lead one day to the Messiah. Now, Abraham goes on to have two sons, okay? First son is Ishmael, who was the result of Abraham and Sarah taking matters into their own hands. And, uh, you know, we skipped that story, but I want to encourage you to go back and read that story. Uh, and then we also have the second son, Isaac, who's the son of promise, who's the son who uh, would take, uh, carry on the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the line of Christ. And uh, Isaac grows up and he marries a woman named Rebekah. And Rebekah has twin boys Esau and Jacob. Esau was the first one out of the womb, he's the oldest. And the Bible tells us that Jacob was born clutching uh, Esau's heel. Comes out of the womb second. Uh, Esau, (coughs) excuse me, grows up to be a hunter, an outdoorsman, uh, you know, a fisherman, a hunter, uh, a man's man, okay? Uh, Jacob, the Bible tells us, was fair-skinned and he stayed close to home uh, around the tent. But but the question is, which one of these two twins, which one of these twin boys would would carry on the line of the Messiah? And that's where we pick up Today, So what is a blessing? Let's look at Genesis chapter 27, verses one through four. It said when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and he said to him, my son. And Esau answered him, here I, here I am. And Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now, then, get your equipment, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. And prepare me the kind of tasty food that I like, and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So, one thing we know about Isaac is he loves barbecue. Okay. He says to his son, go out, get some of that wild game and come back and, you know, smoke it, you know, make it the way I like it. Well, Rebecca overhears this because, you know, they live in tents and they're not soundproof walls. uh, And uh, Rebecca gets pretty upset. And so she, she comes, she's upset that, that Isaac um, is going to bless Esau instead of Jacob. And Jacob was her favorite child. So Uh, Rebecca, she calls Jacob and she goes, listen, I've got a plan, okay? Here's the plan. I'm going to dress you uh, in Esau's clothes so you smell like Esau. Uh, I'm going to put goat skin on your arms and on your legs so that you feel like your brother Esau. And then I'm going to cook some food so that you cook like Esau. Now, get in there and get that blessing, okay, is basically what went down. Now, Our our English word for blessing is is so weak, okay, that it's really difficult to understand the magnitude of this passage, okay, Uh, and the significance of of what a blessing is. But our, our idea of blessing is this warm feeling that we get when somebody says something to us that's nice and it makes us feel good, right? I mean, somebody comes along and they say, oh, and I love your outfit this morning. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. You know, oh, I love your purse. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. You bless me so much. I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to for us. You know, it's like these compliments that we give one another that make each other feel warm, you know, inside, make us, you know, feel good about ourselves. But pfft, on that, you know, uh, that, that, that's a terrible description of what a blessing really is. So, so let's go back to the story for a minute. Jacob, he, he takes this food that his mother um, prepared, um, and he, he takes it into Isaac. And look what happens in uh, verses 18 through 29. It says, Jacob went to his father and said, My father, yes, my son, he answered, Who is it? And Jacob said to his father, I'm, your, I, I'm Esau, your firstborn. You know, he's trying to he's trying to sound like Esau a little bit. Uh, and I've done, I've done as you have told me. Please sit up and eat some of my, my game so that you may give me your blessing. And Isaac asked his son, well, how did you find it so quickly, my son? In other words, I mean, I don't know if you're, you know, a hunter or not, but, you know, I, I, I'm not, okay? I don't want to kill anything. I'm not against killing. I, I'm all about eating. I know you got to kill something to eat it. I just don't want to get my hands dirty, you know? I don't want the blood. You know, I, poor Asher, this is not even in the notes. Um, Asher loves to fish. I hate to fish, so when I take him fishing, I don't bait the hook. Okay, he he's so disappointed when we go fishing. I don't want to touch him. Okay, so if you're a fisherman, take my son hunting, uh, fishing, hunting too. He'd love it. I'm not, I'm not into that. But um, so, uh, how did you find it so quickly, my son? And, and the Lord your God gave me success. He replied. And then Isaac said to Jacob, "Come come near, so I can." touch you, my son, I, I, to know whether you're really my son Esau or not. So Isaac, he, he's got his suspicions. And Jacob went close to his father, Isaac, who, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? Isaac asked. And Jacob replied, I am. And then he said, my, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. And Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. And then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. And so, so Isaac, he still has his suspicions. So he went to him and he kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and he said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the, the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. That's a blessing right there. I mean, that's so much more than, oh man, I love what you're wearing today. You see, so Isaac basically in this passage makes Jacob the head of the clan. And we talked about the significance of that last week that um, everybody looked to the firstborn. The whole family looked to the firstborn for their hopes and their future. And uh, Isaac makes Jacob the head of the clan and basically gives him all of the inheritance, you know, the vast majority. And Esau comes back from his hunting trip and he takes his food into Isaac's tent. And he says, I am back now, give me your blessing. And, and, and Isaac is like, wait a minute, who are you? I already gave my blessing to my son Esau. And Esau says, wait a minute. And they put two and two together and they figure out that Jacob stole the blessing. Look at verses 38 uh, through 41. It says, And Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, father? Bless me too, my father. And then Esau wept aloud. And his father Isaac answered him, "Your, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness and away from the dew of heaven above and you will live by the sword and you will serve your brother But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. And Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near and then I will kill my brother Jacob. You see, two things about a blessing for us to really understand this. Number one, a blessing, it... It's an accurate spiritual discernment of who the person is. It's an accurate spiritual discernment of who the person is. It's more than just good words about the person, but it's discerning who they are, what their gifts are, what their their natural bents are, what their personality is, and, and choosing powerful words and gestures to affirm, encourage, and empower them to just that. It's a spiritual discernment. It's saying to someone that you really know to say, you know, you are one of the most inclusive people I know. In fact, you you are so inclusive that if you invite one, you invite all. Your eyes are always roaming to who is not included. Your eyes are always drifting to those who are not on the inside, and you're always including them. And the Bible says that uh, when we do it to the least of these, we've done it unto the Lord. And you carry out the, the theme of the gospel, that the gospel is for everyone, including those that are marginalized and and forgotten about and abused and, and your heart is for them and I just want to encourage that in you. That's a blessing. It's when we really know that person and we speak truth to who they are and what they're about. It's, a spirit, it's an accurate spiritual discernment of who that person is. And the second thing about a blessing is, is that we deeply need it. In fact, we need it so bad that our lives are distorted without it. One scholar writes this. He says, This narrative in Genesis 27 shows us that spoken words have genuine and abiding power in our lives. And you know this. You know this principle already. I mean, that's why I don't, I don't know who came up with it, but sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What liar came up with that? And why do we as parents say, oh, don't worry about what they said, honey. Yeah, don't worry about it, but it still hurts. It still hurts. And so what this story tells us is that words of blessing or words of condemnation move into our lives and live rent free. And these words of blessing and these words of condemnation, they can impact how we think, how we act and how we speak. That that our words, we we need to remember this, our words, they have power. Our words at school, our words at work, our words at home, they are words to ourselves. They have power. The words from a friend, a spouse, a boss, a teacher, especially a parent become part of us and they shape who we are. So that's what a blessing is. We need it and it's an accurate spiritual discernment of who that person is and what we want for them. So, so that's about a blessing. So how do we try to get this blessing? Well, the struggle for blessing is uh, basically the theme of Jacob's life, okay? He, Esau was his dad's favorite and uh, Jacob was his mother's favorite, but Jacob, he knew that Esau was his dad's favorite. And, and all Jacob wants in his life is for his father to say, Jacob, son, you are special. And you are unique. And there's not another one out there like you. And I love you so much. That, that, that's what Jacob has wanted his entire life. And this is where every single one of us are, are at in our hearts. That, that, isn't it? We want someone that we think is uniquely valuable to us to say to us that we are uniquely valuable to them. That's basically what our lives come down to. Is that we want people who we find uniquely valuable to say to us that we are uniquely valuable to them, that we want to be important in other people's eyes, that we want people to say to us, you're special and you're unique and I love you. And and here's the problem, and that we've all found out, by the way, is we can't bless ourselves. We can't bless ourselves. Although we'll find books that, and and talk shows and podcasts and self-help gurus that say, you don't need anyone. You don't need anyone to validate you. You don't need anyone to give you, you know, self-worth. All you need is you. And that may sell a lot of books and that may get a lot of followers. But what you and I both know is that doesn't work. Because we desperately need someone to tell us we are valuable and precious and prized. And this was Jacob's whole quest in his life, that Jacob is a sad picture of how most of us approach getting a blessing in our own lives. Like Jacob, he dressed up like Esau. He, he, he felt like he couldn't be himself. And, and we do that every day. We, we dress up like other people. We act like somebody we're not. Because and, and, we don't want somebody to see our, our flaws. We don't, some, we don't want people to see our weaknesses. And so we learn very early in age to act a certain way. We learn to talk a certain way. We learn to do the dance, to get the hug, just to have someone say, you're great, you're beautiful, I love you. But here's the deal. Jacob He's taken matters into his own hands, and he's finally heard the words that is, he's longed to hear his whole life from his father. But it doesn't impact his life because he, know his, he knows his father really isn't talking to him. His father thinks he's talking to Esau. And so he dressed up and he put on a persona and he played the part, but he didn't feel blessed or loved. Because here's the deal, until you and I are really transparent and vulnerable, as long as we're trying to hide our flaws and our weaknesses, we'll never truly feel loved or seen or blessed. So, so that's how we go to try to get the blessing. So how do you and I truly get the blessing? How do we get approval and acceptance in our lives? Look at, look at verse 33. It says, Isaac trembled violently. This is after he realizes what he's done. He said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came in and blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. In other words, Isaac says two things that kind of point us in the right direction. Number one, is this is how we truly get the blessing, is God? we have to realize that God works through our failures and the failures of others. That God works through our failures and the failures of others. That, that God works through unworthy people. And then God, God's grace He puts it on unworthy people, that he brings his grace to unworthy people. And maybe the moral of this story is that God brings his scandalous intervening grace to the lives of people who don't seek it, don't deserve it, and don't appreciate it. Amen? I fall into that category way too many days that I I know I don't deserve it. I know there are days that I certainly don't appreciate it. And I know there are days that I don't seek out his grace, but thank God it's not dependent upon me, but it's dependent on God. And God loves us so much. He chooses to put his grace on us. And so God, he can work through our failures and he can work through the failures of others to bring blessing into our lives. And second thing about how do we truly find blessing is we need to surrender to God's blessing through the gospel. We need to surrender to God's blessing through the gospel. When Isaac says, indeed, he will be blessed, and he's not just saying that God is going to do this, but he's also saying, I'm going to accept it. Saying, I'm going to accept what God is going to do. See, Isaac knows that he's been fighting against God. And maybe if you're not familiar with the story and I kind of set us up a little bit, but here's the deal. If you went back to chapter 25, the Lord tells Isaac and Rebekah years before this ever goes down that Jacob's the chosen one. The Lord is very clear that the younger brother, that Jacob is the chosen one that will lead to the line of the Messiah and Isaac has been fighting it because he wants to go the world's way. He wants to go with the strong one. He wants to go with the older one because that's what culture did. That that everybody's hopes and dreams were with the oldest male of the family. He wanted to do it his way. But God's grace doesn't always work like that. God's grace seeks out the one who's failed. Any failures in the room? Okay, there we go. His grace seeks us out. God's grace. God's grace seeks out the mar- marginalized. Ever feel left out, or that you're on the outside looking in? Sometimes, yes. God's grace is for you. That ever, ever feel looked over? Ever feel like the least of them when you're in a crowd? Like I don't even know why I'm in this crowd because if they knew what I did, huh? Yeah. God's grace seeks us out, and Isaac says, "I see God," and and is a and I see that God is a God of grace and I'm going to rest in that grace myself and I surrender my resistance. Man, we're going to we're going to remember this blessing through taking of communion this morning. I'm going to ask those who are serving communion, you'll go ahead and move to your to your stations. And how we do communion here, it's not based on membership because we don't have membership, but communion the table of mercy is open to anyone who would say i'm a child of god not by my might or my human goodness but by my faith in jesus jesus's performance for me that i put my faith in jesus as my savior that i only have forgiveness of sin through the life and death and resurrection of jesus christ and if you can say that this morning then communion's open for you and that you would go to one of these stations around the room in just a, just a moment, and that they're gonna give you a piece of bread and they're just gonna remind you that the, the body of Christ has been broken for you. And they're gonna give you a, a cup of juice that represents the blood of Jesus, and they're gonna say, the, the blood of Jesus has been spilled for you. And you can take that there, take it back to your seat. You can take that. There's little blue buckets around that you can discard your communion cups in. But but here's the blessing of the gospel. The apostle Paul says that Christ redeemed us by becoming a curse for us. And the gospel is that Jesus lived the life we can't live and died the death that we deserve. And so when we put our faith in Christ, because when he went to the cross to pay for our sin, he got the curse of our disobedience. He got the rejection, he got the condemnation, he got the judgment on the cross for our disobedience. But when we put our faith in him, we get the blessing of his obedience. And and let me tell you, nothing says that you're more loved than the cross. Nothing says that you're more chosen than the cross. Nothing says that you are more approved, that you are more accepted, that that you are more significant than the cross of Jesus Christ. That you're never left on the outside looking in. You're in when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You're not left out, you're included. You're not rejected, you're accepted. That's the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we are reminding ourselves of. That we don't have to do the dance to get the hug. We don't have to be somebody, we're not. Because God receives us just as we are but here's the beauty of the gospel he refuses to leave us that way and so he transforms us into the image of his son little by little day by day that's the blessing of the gospel